KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, August 17th, urging businesses to require employee vaccinations. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County public health officials reported more than 1,000 new COVID-19 cases and one additional hospitalization on Monday. Public health officer Dr. Wilma Wooten says the Delta variant is considerably more contagious than previous strains and that we're in the middle of a surge. In the last 30 days, 92 percent of all COVID-19 cases were in those who were not vaccinated or not fully vaccinated. Of the remaining 8 percent, San Diego County Chief Medical Officer Dr. Eric McDonald says few are showing symptoms, and for those who are, it's relatively mild. Elizabeth Kimmel, a former owner of KFMB in San Diego, pleaded guilty on Monday to paying more than half a million dollars to get her children into prestigious universities. She's the 32nd parent to plead guilty in the nationwide admission bribery scandal. Prosecutors say Kimmel paid to get her daughter into Georgetown University and her son into the University of Southern California. The conspiracy charges carry a max sentence of 20 years, but Kimmel is expected to receive six weeks in prison with two years of supervised release. She's also expected to pay a quarter of a million dollar fine and to do 500 hours of community service. The sentencing will be in December. Mail-in ballots for the special gubernatorial recall election went out to California voters on Monday. The San Diego County Registrar's Office is also now open for those who want to vote in person. The actual election day is September 14th. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. With coronavirus cases steadily rising, San Diego County officials are recommending businesses require vaccinations for their employees. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman says they're also asking for those who are unvaccinated to get tested on a regular basis. What we know right now is this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. San Diego County officials are encouraging all employers to require proof of vaccination from their workers and have unvaccinated employees get regularly tested. We think these are all things that we can do 
to slow the spread that won't in any way impede our ability to have our economy recover. The county is enacting the policy themselves. Supervisor Nathan Fletcher says starting this week, 18,000 plus county employees will be asked to disclose their vaccination status. And soon after, those unvaccinated will have to be tested and wear masks indoors. I asked Fletcher if that meant those who do not comply will lose their jobs. We're working out the disciplinary actions right now through the meet and confer process with our collective bargaining units, but there, there will be some penalty associated with that. Supervisor Nora Vargas hopes those in the private and nonprofit sectors will follow the lead of local government. We want our businesses to stay open and our economy to continue to recover. Requiring all employees to get the vaccine or to test on a weekly basis is the right thing to do. It will protect your consumers, your customers, and your businesses. We are in the middle of an increase in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations, more than 90% of which are among those unvaccinated. County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten says the more contagious Delta variant is driving cases. We're in, in the middle of the surge. The question is, will it get worse? And it, could, and it will get worse before it gets better. But the way out of that is for people to get vaccinated. Following federal approval starting today, those who are immunocompromised and vaccinated with the Moderna or Pfizer doses can officially request a third booster shot. Health officials say for now, all you need to do is go to a site and self-attest that you'd need it. More details are set to be released about the boosters in the coming days. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. With the Taliban's rapid takeover of Afghanistan in the last few days, the U.S. is focusing efforts on bringing U.S. citizens and allies back home. Still, many Afghans already in this country fear for the fate of their loved ones. KPBS's Alexandra Ron Hell has more from an Afghan native here in San Diego who is trying to get his father to the U.S. as soon as possible. He referenced news reports of desperate Afghan citizens hanging onto the sides of U.S. aircraft as they took off from the capital city of Kabul. How desperate, how, how desperate and how sad one li one's life must be to be able to cling to a uh, wing of an aircraft carrier. Amid Nayel and his family fled Afghanistan 20 years ago, where they eventually settled in San Diego. They've seen the tragedies of war with the Taliban firsthand. Now, they are grappling with the aftermath of the withdrawal of U.S. troops from their home country. There's no security at the airport. There's no, um, there's no any airline staff. Um, the whole uh, airport has been ambushed by civilians, U.S. citizens, or whoever, you know, whoever can, uh, trying to get out, uh, thinking they can just hop on a plane and come out. Some of Nayel's family still lives in Kabul and his dad has been trying to escape from the capital. My dad's still in Afghanistan, um, so him I'm extremely concerned about, and his, his safe passage, obviously he missed all of his flights. His biggest concern is getting his dad to the nearest and safest country. But as we've seen the images play out, the airport in Kabul is in complete shambles. Nayal was in favor of U.S. troops leaving Afghanistan. But he says the speediness of how it was done caught everyone by surprise, including the ease at which the Taliban was able to move in and take control. If they were withdrawn from Afghanistan in 2022, 2023, what's not to say that the results wouldn't have been exactly the same? Um, it's not. It's, I, I think it's poor planning and it's just poor execution of that plan. I mean, the one thing I 
praise United States, they, they have helped nearly 2,000 families who have assisted these people in their war efforts. Nayel was once one of those families. He says Afghanistan has seen worse and believes they will get through this. I am extremely, extremely proud of the men, women and children who are still till this day fighting for our country. Um, and right now, just living in Afghanistan is a fighting, it's, it's surviving. So With no flights booked or clear day in sight, Nayel hopes his dad will be back with him soon. And that was KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell. In addition to speaking with the local community, KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh reached out to veterans in San Diego, and he brings us this report. Veterans are watching on TV as the war they fought receives more attention from the American people in its final days than the conflict did for most of the last two decades of war. I felt physically dizzy. James Seddon is a former naval officer from San Diego who was a liaison officer in Afghanistan in 2009. Chaotic scenes at the airport, an airport I've been to, you know, many times uh, and seeing the uh, pictures of the Taliban in the presidential palace, a place I've been to. He says the fact that there hasn't been a terrorist attack by al-Qaeda over the last 20 years is proof that the war wasn't fought in vain. Salima Shaver is an Army staff sergeant stationed at Wright-Patterson in Dayton, Ohio. She believes it was time for the U.S. to leave Afghanistan. You know, that is their country. They're never going to change. We are not going to change them. As you can see right now, 20 years And look how quickly the Taliban jumped back in there. Tom Porter is a Navy reservist who spent a year in Afghanistan in 2010. He's now with the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, a service organization dedicated to post-9-11 veterans. To see it all melt away in a matter of hours, it's, it's shocking and it's angering. And that reporting from KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. On Saturday morning, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake struck off the coast of Haiti. And in the aftermath, the death toll in the country is rising. KPBS's Melissa May spoke with a local church leader with strong ties to the country. The earthquake has killed almost 1,300 people and destroyed thousands of homes and buildings. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Roads and waterways are blocked. From here in San Diego, a local church feels the loss especially hard really sad moment for Haiti right now, for all of the Haitians, and maybe friends all over the world. Jean-Élysée de Rondis is the pastor at the Haitian Methodist Ministry of San Diego. We are not hopeless. We still have hope. We can go through this together. De Rondis and many of his parishioners woke up Saturday to the horrible news. And when you get up in the morning and, and you saw on Facebook and, 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 and on TV and what's going on, the news, what's going on, yeah, one after another. And, and, and we just said, again, we have something again. He says it's like reliving the devastating 2010 Haiti earthquake that took the lives of over 500,000 people. People who try the best after 2010 to get on their feet, what now they have to start over again. And yeah, it's really sad. This past weekend, Durandis had a chance to speak with one of his cousins in Haiti. He was really affected by this because he lost his house. His house was collapsed. While on the phone, he could hear children screaming. 
The pastor has started a GoFundMe page to raise money to go to Haiti and hopefully to visit and bring supplies with him. We want to be on the ground. We want to be on the ground to see what's going on and to touch people, to pray for them, and so to serve them. The Haitian government has asked for donations to go through them. The Red Cross isn't collecting donations specifically for Haiti right now, but says in a statement they are watching the situation, including multiple aftershocks having struck the area, with at least four being of magnitude of 5.0 or higher. The Red Cross is also closely monitoring Tropical Storm Grace, which threatens the island with heavy rainfall and wind in the coming days. And that reporting from KPBS's Melissa May. Coming up, a robot that can track COVID-19 outbreaks in sewage. We can see if it was one infected individual in the building infecting the other people, or they all picked up their infection somewhere else and brought it back to campus. More on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. UCSD campus will be full of students for the first time in more than a year this fall. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson says school officials hope a unique robotic tool that taps into the school's sewage system will help contain any COVID-19 outbreaks. The robots are about the size of an upside-down 10-gallon bucket. Think of a small R2-D2 unit without wheels. Take off the first lid, and there's a simple computer that can schedule samples throughout the day. The half-inch rubber tube on the side of the device runs into the manhole cover, then directly into a sewer line. Take the second lid off, and you see a plastic water bottle where the samples are collected. Postdoctoral researcher Smruthi Karthikeyan says there are more than 120 of these robots quietly doing the dirty work in the battle against the pandemic, on the UCSD campus. So it keeps taking these samples over a 24-hour period. So when we pick up the sample the next day, it's a representative of the entire day and not just the moment we're grabbing samples. Samples are brought to the Biological Services Building every day. I am scanning in the bottles after they've been collected by their QR codes. And those automatically come up on our Google Docs. Lab technician Caitlin Tribblehorn identifies where the samples come from and then prepares the contents for processing. The sewage water in the bottle is concentrated and prepared for analysis. 
The system has evolved since it was first deployed last summer, and that's important because pretty soon the campus will be crowded. This testing system is expected to be an important tool in the battle against COVID. It will be because every day we're making developments on um, increasing the number of samples, and we are focusing on that every time we discuss ways to make it better. Sample collection and testing is only the beginning. Results are put into the UC San Diego COVID-19 daily dashboard. The pandemic's impact is tracked there, including how many people on campus have had infections in the past week, and the sewage testing data is shared there as well. We have an interactive map with all these buildings, um, which get updated every day. So if you see a blue, it means that building did not have a wastewater positive signal. If it was red, it means that we did see a positive signal from wastewater that day. The building occupants are typically notified and encouraged to get tested if a sample tests positive for the virus. And because the data is uploaded once a day, the history for more than 350 buildings can be tracked. We can see if it was one infected individual in the building infecting the other people or they all picked up their inf you know, infection somewhere else and brought it back to campus. Rob Knight is the director of the Center for Microbiome Innovation at UCSD. He helped set up the system because he and other researchers realized early on that COVID-19 was being transmitted before people showed outward symptoms. We think of COVID as infecting our lungs and our airways, but it also infects our gut. And for many people, it infects the gut before it infects the respiratory system. So you can be pooping COVID into the sewage uh, long before you show up uh, at a hospital with respiratory symptoms. Early testing last summer led to the discovery of infections on campus and people that didn't realize they had the disease. Because of the way the UCSD sewer system works, positive samples can be linked to specific buildings. An early warning provided by the sewage test can be invaluable when the full campus population returns for the first time in more than a year. Even if you're vaccinated, you can still get infected and you can still infect other people. And so uh, keeping, keeping our astonishing success record with cases low on campus is going to require continuing to be extremely vigilant. A recent study by Kartha Kayan and Knight found that 85% of COVID-19 cases on campus were detected early by the sewage testing system. That makes it a crucial tool to control outbreaks once the students return to campus next month. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, 
Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.